the bishop in Vickers. I'm Bishop Tom Daly, the seventh bishop of the diocese of Spokane. It no, it's the the bishop <laughs> and his vicars. Oh. Actually, it's alphabetic. we change it. It's alphabetic. To his vicars. No, we can't. This is the church. We're not a democracy. Um, Would you remind us about every all day? the time? <laughs> Joining me, uh, Father uh, Brian Mee is the uh, vicar for finance. Uh, a very important role uh, in the diocese, but temporal affairs are always secondary to greater affairs, and that is the care of our priests. And that's Father Pat Kirst. He's the vicar for priests, also pastor of St. Mary's. I forgot to say that Father Mee is the pastor of St. Peter's. Thank and you. then the vicar general, the which is assistant to the assistant, um, is uh, Father Darren Connell. He is the rector of Our Lady of Lords Cathedral, Cathedral and the Mother, um, Church, of the Mother Church of the Diocese. Mother Church of the Diocese. And the Vicar yeah, General. Hear about he it say all you the were time. the assistant to the assistant. Let's move along. We don't have a lot, that's, we don't have a lot of time. Uh, that's the show, Let's The Office, which is currently in syndication. We, um, we like to talk about this is the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. And in, uh, many times in our understanding of the church, of church history, um, we focus on the disagreements, uh, the conflicts, uh, theological uh, changes that have occurred. But um, we'd like to devote this episode on our radio show about the role of Scripture. And uh, as much as we can in a brief period of time, the central role that Scripture, the Bible, plays in the lives of Catholics, uh, not always appreciated. In fact, the criticism is that the church is very selective in its use of, of the Bible and Scripture. But, Father May, you were commenting earlier uh, about, um, you know, your thoughts on the on Scripture and uh, historically well, and, and also currently. I wanted to mention, you know, a third grader up at All Saints uh, this past week reminded me that uh, the New Testament was not even split into chapters until the 13th century. The precocious third grade. And that was by Stephen Cardinal Langton. Hmm. And uh, then the, the, the companion, the classmate with that third grader said, yes, but don't forget that it wasn't until the middle of the Reformation that the Reformers split the uh, New Testament the chapters into verses. So we didn't even have chapter and verse of the New Testament until the middle of the Reformation. So the children paid really good attention to my lecture when I was invited up there to give you that. You were. Well, this th is edifying They, they did cite this that, is yes, edifying. that you were incorrect on a number of your uh, okay. historical These, these students, had they've gone to some of other schools, uh, probably would have been locked in what we call the cloakroom. Uh, in our Catholic well, schools. Yeah. They, they are unique. They are a special breed of student. But, mm -hmm. you know, the other thing, uh, von Balthasar, who they all read up there, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. And a coloring pleasure. book. He, he, said, he said what for we pleasure, can do yeah. no recess sometimes for those kids. when we dissect, you know, when we, so when we dissect scripture, you don't dissect something living. You dissect a dead body. And I think so often we get into dissecting scripture, you know, this chapter and this verse and quoting it that way that we lose the living scripture, and I think that brings in uh, Would that be exegesis? Follow me, would that be exegesis? Or eisegesis? Mm -hmm. Friends uh, of Jesus. It, it would be both ex and ice. Yes. Friends of Jesus. Friends of Jesus, <laughs> which we hope <laughs> that all of you are. Well, uh, I'm sur sure glad you guys are not in the third grade class <laughs> at All Saints. You'd be kicked mm -hmm. out. Right. You mandate uh, that each third grader, upon uh, decision to elevate to the fourth grade has to construct a fifth century Coptic monastery complete with electric no, no, lights. No, but they all do recite the Pledge of Allegiance in Latin. Would you like well, me to... Um, probably not, no. but I do believe the no. Pledge of Allegiance for strong America. Uh, favorite, how about 
in uh, a gospel, we as uh, we had a discussion at the priest council about uh, our gathering of priests in the uh, fall, and one of the things that, as the bishop of the diocese, uh, I would hope that each of us would try humbly and prayerfully to uh, preach the gospel, the teachings uh, of Jesus uh, in the church, in a way that our people can uh, take something home with them. So are there passages from Scripture that um, we all know the difficult passages to, to uh, at times preach about. Is there a passage that uh, particular gospel, uh, a, a Sunday during the year, a season that you have found uh, really resonates in your own life and people have commented to you that, that your homily that you've given allows them to better understand and apply that passage? Mm. Mm. I no one's ever said yeah, that to no me. One's ever never that happened to me. Homily, Funny, they often say that when <laughs> I visit. I was <laughs> in Clarkston uh, for a confirmation the other day. The complaint letters that come through talk a lot <laughs> yes. about Father Patrick. Mm -hmm. no, I, well I would, uh, uh, I guess I'd point to something that's very familiar to anyone who prays the Liturgy of the Hours. So for priests and religious and lay people who are uh, dedicated to that prayer of the church, for the church, the heart and center from of that the prayer from the church. Um, the heart and center of, of, of that prayer, of course, are, are readings uh, from the Psalms. And the Psalms are really amazing because they have a way of, of expressing um, a relationship with God that, that really is timeless as human beings. The Psalms were written some 26 centuries ago, uh, and yet the themes that they, isn't that right, 26 centuries? I did the math. Three thousand. Well, yeah, three thousand years ago, okay. actually, so a little, little under. Okay. Mm. Um, that would be. I did my math before at decades, the break, mm -hmm. so got it written down right there. Twenty-six centuries. Your Amen. your specialty on. was in um, liturgy when you were at yeah, TC. No. So not anyway, the not psalms. The scripture. Uh, okay, thanks. Um, <laughs> the psalms. Uh, what about the psalms? They, w when we read the psalms, they talk about um, the psalmist talks about uh, great great lamenting about some sorrow or difficulty. In, in in his life. Uh, uh, there are psalms of trust and psalms of praise, uh, psalms of, of repentance. All of those uh, issues in our own spiritualized relationship with the Lord today were very much alive 26 centuries ago, and therefore the, the psalms today are as relevant uh, as they ever have been. Well, not, o not only that, I mean, I don't always get to the Liturgy of the Hours, but I have well gotten, to the, I've gotten to the mm -hmm. introduction uh, to the Liturgy the of the Hours. The Prenotanda. Right. They it call it a Prenotanda. It brings out the fact that these are the very prayers that Christ prayed. So, I mean, when we're praying those psalms, as you say, in the Liturgy of the Hour, uh, That's a good point. I don't like to say that very often, but that is a good I point. I have another good Christ point I'm going to make okay, in a moment here. Only one per show. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll save it till after the break. Yeah. Well, yeah. you can do it. I'm not going to be a compromise. Uh, I think there was. What about? Well, I didn't he, he didn't finish that. Did I? No, okay. I didn't finish my What's thought that? on that. Well, just that that we're praying the very prayers that Christ prayed, and He continued, of course, to pray those prayers with us. He is, as uh, the High Priest, praying and interceding for us at the throne of the Father. Is there uh, is there one particular Psalm or a line from a Psalm that? You have uh, taken great strength in your prayer life, uh, both as a diocesan priest, your stint as a Benedictine monk, and then back now as a pastor of a prominent parish. Uh, maybe of the Miserere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but all, no, I would say Psalm <laughs> That means happy birthday. The, yes. the Psalm 27, I think. Would you like me to go into that? Just, just a just few lines. Know, well, no, it's, it's uh, who is this coming in glory? And, of course, it's mm -hmm. Christ coming in glory. And uh, the church fathers would say this is when Christ is... Uh, seeing how we're in the Easter season, uh, this is what the angels are saying. They they see for the first time one uh, ascending to heaven, both body and soul. 
So who, uh, so Psalm 27, you know, they would use that as that image of the angels saying, well, who is this who comes in glory? It's Christ. Do you risen. know what where my motto as a bishop comes from? Which psalm? This is Psalm uh, 21. Do you have? No, I it's close. It's uh, uh, it has a one in it. 94. No, uh, I said it has a one in it. Is it a prime number? I'm not what even. What is your motto? Surely there will be a stench. Uh, <laughs> no, that was actually <laughs> that's <laughs> nice try. You stole that line. That was very popular <laughs> in up in Fall River. Uh, Bahaba. Yes, I. Um, it is into your hands, Lord. I commend my spirit. Thank you. Right I would have thought. And we don't even have a Bible in front of us. To I quote would have thought that that. But, uh, but that's from the gospel. Not the yeah, it's the thirty-first psalm. Oh. To Jesus, who knows the psalms as Father Me has said, praise that. The other one that I think is important is, I stumbled that I did not fall for you, held me by the hand. That is thirty-seven. That, that was is just very before we came down for this recording. No, you, you like came we down. Stumbled, but he let he let us fall. Fall exactly. Yeah. You oh. came down in your electric lark. Um, well, I like I like the psalms of longing and yearning. Uh, I think. Mm -hmm. Like a deer if for I running stream. Exactly. So I think that's Psalm 42 as the deer longing yes, for, for running, running stream. So my soul is thirsting for you, my God. And I, think I those can never really envision a deer, though, in the Holy Land. That's why I. I, I well, you don't have a creative have imagination. And they had Ibex's. Uh, well, I've written many a comedy script. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You, got, you got me there. In fact, that this show is going to shift uh, based upon ratings away from uh, the bishop and the vicars to so the bishop and three new friends. Uh, <laughs> To be announced. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to Maybe be announced. you better keep it to one or two, friends. You yeah. might not get to three. Is there? A, how about my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Yeah. So that's Psalm 21, if I believe it. I. I uh, 22. Twenty-two. 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 Yeah. Because well, we better get off the song. Because that's yeah. before 23. Yeah. Uh, but you know, no, can I say something about 22? Well, yeah. It begins, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But the beauty of Psalm 22 is is uh, is that it reflects the Paschal mystery. There, it starts off with suffering and difficulty, but the Psalm turns, the ancient Psalm turns to trust and hope. That yes, things look bad, things look awful, and there's the cross, but God, in His goodness, in His own time, and in, in His own way, He wins and brings about goodness and redemption out of evil and suffering. Psalm 22. Psalm 22. I commit it to your reading and to your personal prayer and reflection. And but and I don't think this is wow. you know going to the question of Catholics knowing Scripture. Uh, they wouldn't be able to say, well, that's Psalm 22, that's Psalm 22. They? You were just ridiculing no, me for not being no. able to what say What about that? your kids in the third grade at, at St. Procopius? <laughs> I think it's time for a commercial Okay, we're going to take a we'll commercial break, and, and we'll have three new guests. Thank you. <laughs> and welcome to uh, Bishop and the Vickers uh, radio show here in Diocese of Spokane, Washington, and heard, I hope, in uh, the Northwest. Throughout the Pacific Northwest. West, and possibly in eastern um, Idaho and western Montana. Radiating from the hub of the Inland Empire. Here at the Chancery. Um, we are speaking again about the topic of Scripture. From my uh, years teaching school and from coming to know Catholics of various ages, especially older Catholics, they said, you know, when we were in school, we, didn't, uh, we weren't allowed to read the Bible. Uh, we didn't know much about Scripture. People come to our doors, uh, at our homes, they knock on it, they quote Scripture, and we are stumble and we're not able to answer that. But uh, just before um, the, the break, uh, we were talking about, uh, in fact, that Catholics know far more Scripture than they realize. And Father Me, you were, you were going to speak on that. Yes, I, because I, it's, I find it very frustrating when a Catholic says, well, you know, I'm Catholic, I don't know the scriptures. And the fact is, I believe they know the scriptures without knowing they know the scriptures. Because... Uh, so it's their fault. It's... <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> 
we think that if we don't know the words, you know, uh, we don't know the scripture. But after all, the word becomes flesh. And, and we're to know the scripture uh, through a material world and expression of that. So through painting and art and music. And so if I were to say, um, I don't know if any of you would be able to pass this, but one of the first graders at All Saints, if I said <laughs> to them, all right, here's a painting of a woman kneeling, an angel standing, and a dove hovering over. What would that be a picture of? Would, would your students uh, know? Well, it'd be the Annunciation. Yes, of course. Uh, and of course, so we don't know, well, okay, well, the Annunciation, that's uh, Luke in uh, chapter 2 or whatever, but we know it. Uh, and so, I mean, you could do that over and over. We know it through art. We know it through the liturgy itself. People will say, well, you know, we don't know the scripture, and yet the, the liturgy, the mass, is the visible expression of scripture. Not only do we have the scripture readings itself, the gestures made by the priest, uh, you know, with his arms extended. I mean, he is the one representing Christ at the altar. Uh, he's offering the sacrifice. His arms are extended in the very gesture of Christ, which is also the gesture that uh, Moses, his arms were held up during the battle. And as long as his arms were extended, there the troops would be victorious. So uh, through gesture, through the scriptures themselves, but then just think of all the prayers we say. If we say, glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Well, we think, okay, that's uh, the Gloria that we say at mass. Well, that's Luke 2.14 if we start you know, being so chapter and verse becomes so important to us again. Holy, holy, holy. Well, that's Isaiah 6, and that's um, singing with the angels, you know, at, and we say, well, that's the holy, holy, holy that we do at Mass. But we can recite that whole scriptural prayer without even knowing it's scripture, and, and on and on. In other words, we could walk through the entire Mass, and we'd be finally realizing perhaps we're walking through the scriptures, or we're we're putting flesh upon those words. The word becomes flesh. Well, go ahead. Well, as one of those who has that humble responsibility of preaching on the word of God in liturgical context and in other contexts, uh, I'm always uh, amazed as we're invited in to, to grapple with the word of God to prepare for preaching on how it, it really is a living word. And I'm sure we've all had the experience that we will be reading through and praying through and studying uh, a passage that we've read a thousand times and preached on 500 times and yet we hear something new in it there's a message in there that we haven't been inspired with before and i think that's a, a testimony to that living word of god that it's not just something as father me said earlier it's not just something dead we're dissecting but something alive that we're uh, embracing now and god's speaking to us now and in ways that touch our lives in very concrete manner I know, Pat, from your uh, parish, my niece lives, uh, Maggie McCall, in your parish and is impressed that uh, you preach without notes um, and very well. Uh, I personally do need notes to preach. Uh, my good friend Tom Brokaw said that it's very essential if you don't have a teleprompter to, uh, to have that. But I think that is important. I remember hearing a, a story about a, uh, a priest of a diocese in California who left and uh, left the priesthood he had been what uh, Father Me would call a lifer. He had gone to the high school seminary, the college seminary in theology. He was ordained, I don't know, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, and then he left, and the, the phrase that was used is, I ran out of things to say on Sunday. Hmm. 
And I think anytime we, I mean, just just the passage at one of the uh, post-Easter uh, masses uh, about, uh, again, Jesus telling them to put the net, yesterday's uh, mass, put the net on the other side of the, the boat. Um, and, um, uh, yes, is that? Um, You're off the show. We're off the show. Um, <laughs> but, no, what's significant, I think, was someone said, you know, a carpenter is telling fishermen what to do. Uh, that's an insight, uh, just don't on a very human uh, side. And I think that the, the issues raised uh, about um, Catholics uh, really knowing the Scripture more than they think they know, how do we go about, and I think this is one of the, we hope in this radio show, is how do we go about helping our Catholic people to appreciate what they know and, of course, to seek a greater uh, connection with the eternal word? I don't Father Connell, you know, with the cathedral, with that, uh, I think that you have a website, there's programs that uh, you've done as, uh, as a way to deepen the faith of your parishioners, uh, probably more than those uh, students uh, at uh, St. Peter's uh, who wear ascots in grade school, which uh, is a question <laughs> of self. I think one of the things that, that we have to be careful about sometimes as Catholics is that we get into, uh, uh, because uh, we're sometimes portrayed as not, being uh, as devoted as sacred scripture, we sometimes uh, react uh, otherwise and and diminish the power of God's revelation in sacred tradition. Mm -hmm. I, I think of, for example, um, uh, one of the apostolic fathers, Ignatius of Antioch, mm -hmm. uh, wrote in around the same time that that St. John's Gospel was 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 being written, wrote his people, um, and in those letters he talked about things like the priesthood, the Eucharist, being a bishop, a deacon, baptism. And in the letters, he didn't have to explain to his people what those things were, which tell us that even at 98 A.D., 100 A.D., the priesthood, the Eucharist, bishops, baptism, uh, vicars general, <laughs> no, not vicars general, <laughs> but all of those things in, in the Catholic Church were alive and well and functioning hundreds of years before we had anything that we know of as a Bible today. Uh, and so, yes, we have a great uh, devotion to sacred scripture but we also have a, a great devotion to a sacred tradition, uh, both of them giving us God's uh, revelation. You um, I know, uh, being uh, Father Me is the oldest of, of us in the room, and uh, you by have by our, far. You have a Gutenberg Bible. Uh, and Did you, you hear us? Turn up your aid. There you go. I was taking a nap. His hurricane yeah. fell over. Get his it's hurricane. Nap time. You wouldn't yes. let me eat my banana, banana on the yes. last show. That was the last show. Yes. Potassium overload. Yeah. Brother. But uh, have you, um, in, when you were in Europe studying, because we always like to mention that in one of the episodes, that, that we're, we're three of us are domestically trained, but you were European DTs, import. Your, your yeah. DTs, yes. Brown baggers. Um, <laughs> do you, uh, did you ever visit uh, Wittenberg, for Wittenberg. example? Wittenberg. Mm -hmm. No. I <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I know. It's the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther. But mm -hmm. I did visit Santa Maria del Popolo, and that's where Martin Luther stayed when he was in Rome. As an Augustinian? As Prego, no fumato. As, as an Augustinian. Augustinian. Yes. Did Interesting. No, because it's not the sign that said Prego non fumare. Mm -hmm. Which means? <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome <laughs> here at IHOP. Is there a time for a commercial break? <laughs> not <laughs> yet, but uh -huh. uh, we... <laughs> oh, then let me... Can I go ahead, please. Popolari Why not? Thing. Why yes. not? Yes. Well, I just go back to the fact of it would be very good uh, for us priests, and I mean, but for the parishioners, just to really sit down with their missile letter or whatever and try to see... Uh, the scriptures that are present in the Mass we celebrate. And uh, I think 
if we begin, we see the scriptures or we read the scriptures through visual things as well and through images. I mean, if you look at uh, Father Connell mentioned well before there was Bibles as such. Uh, well, certainly even in the Middle Ages before many people had the, the written Bible, why the Bible was put into stained glass. So they knew the stories, they knew the scriptures through stained glass. Uh, so again, we know the stories as opposed to you know sentence and verse and all of that stuff. So I, I think that's a Catholic mentality and understanding of scripture. I would hope that all of our uh, listeners at some point are able to go to uh, Chart, which is where our executive producer, Hillary Hammett, has uh, helped lead the uh, pilgrimage. And there on those beautiful windows, we see scripture uh, yes, portrayed yeah. as in a beautiful uh, book. Um, so with that, we will uh, take a little break and uh, we will then return to our discussion of scripture in our own lives and certainly the life of the church. Back to uh, Bishop uh, Daly and uh, at this time the vicars, uh, <laughs> three vicars. We're talking about scripture and the important role that the Bible plays in, in all of our lives as believers. But helping um, through uh, discussing and certainly praying, how do our Catholic people, as we as a church, uh, allow the word of God to be more a part of our lives? Um, sometimes we hear of people who... Um, I've read, Father, the uh, the Bible from cover to cover, and it's as if it's it's been a marathon or a rush, a speed reading course. But uh, I know Father Curse was talking about knowing a young man from when he was pastor up in Twisp, and you were saying, Pat. Uh, right. Uh, he had gone off to college, at Carroll College, and he was roomed with a young man who had come from a fundamentalist background and was quite proud of the fact that he could quote chapter and verse from the Bible, and he had commented to uh, the young man I knew that he had he had uh, been through the Bible five times, but apparently there was something a little wanting in his actually living out of the Christian faith. And so the young man I know challenged him back and said, well, you've read through the Bible five times. Has the Bible ever been through you? Exactly. Mm. Suggesting that had he ever let those words of the Bible not just be print on a page that he read, but rather something that truly transformed his life and, and was allowed into his heart to, to shape how he thought of God and how he express that belief in, in his words and in his way of life. Uh, that I friend of yours must have gone to All Saints. <laughs> no, <laughs> Carol is the Diocesan College of the Diocese of Helena, Montana. Diocesan priest. Uh, you might know Bishop George Thomas. Maybe we can get Bishop Thomas to call, call in, in sometime, yeah. along with Cardinal Dolan, who was in the seminary <laughs> with you in Rome. I just want to <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. pick up on that, that idea of, of the Bible uh, uh, going through you and, and uh, maybe a, pr uh, a, a tip, I guess, that might help uh, us as we reflect on God's word. And I, I thought about it at the beginning of Holy Week this year because we have those long readings from the Passion. I know as a kid, I will confess to, you know, looking ahead to see how many more pages we had and looking at my watch and finding uh, oftentimes the whole experience kind of boring. But um, so I asked my people this year uh, at the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Lords, Mother Church, to, uh, as they're reading through the Passion, to imagine themselves transported back into time and being actually in the scene, what it would be like for them to be there and and uh, help our Lord carry the cross uh, to greet uh, the, the his mother and what what that scene must have been like that terrible suffering uh, for his mother uh, to try to imagine being in those scenes from sacred scripture and, and let that enrich our experience of, of Holy Week well then we got to Good Friday and, and Bishop you were there uh, presiding so masterfully at the the celebration of the Lord's Passion 
And uh, we, as you know, the people have parts. And I've never heard them ever in all my time a, as a priest uh, scream, crucify him louder than when, when, you s when, when, you're, you were when you're playing, playing the part, the part of, of Christ. 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 That's so right. Wow. I don't know what to read into that. But no. Nothing. It, just it, was an, it was the Holy okay. Spirit at work in that, that community. And it probably was... Uh, I did receive a letter in the chancery. You addressed as Caiaphas, uh, the high <laughs> priest, the <laughs> night before. Um, but um, you get my point. Yes, someone I do. Uh, someone did mention that you tore down the microphone from the uh, pulpit. Yes, he tore it in two. Tore yes. it in two. Yeah. Yeah. Someone that was two. there mentioned this. Right. Yes, it what yeah. happened was the microphone. The cathedral's under renovation, uh, restoring it to its past glory. Part of the Make Spokane Diocese is great again. Except uh, make the Cathedral Parish pay for it all by itself. Exactly. Well, I, there was a gift. Wait, uh, no, gift. that's yes. not gift? completely true. Yes. Gift? Uh, gift. Token. 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 Okay. Token. But uh, there was something with the microphone, and I was um, preaching, and uh, it it um, it almost warranted a bit of the uh, Caddyshack experience when the judge took the club and flung it across, and it landed into the coffee shop or to the dining shop. Uh, I was just tempted, but I restrained myself because I would hope that um, I was able to to preach effectively. But that that's another story. I think there's a although very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. I think it's amazing the way certain scriptures. I remember uh, having been a um, uh, you know a Catholic uh, growing up. Uh, in a in a real city and and go going. You are a Catholic growing. Up. What are you now? I'm a real <laughs> bishop, a Catholic bishop in in a in a beautiful rural diocese. And um, but I remember my dad using the phrase "casting pearls among swines." Uh, not that he was quoting scripture. He talked about a gift of Chevis Regal had been given to someone else, and my dad thought allowing that person to have that, uh, who normally would have a boiler maker, uh, boiler What's maker. What's Chevis Regal? That's isn't that, isn't that didn't wasn't that Buick model from the seventies? No, <laughs> that <laughs> is a Regal. That is Buick. We love that. The, yeah. the, two, the bit two door. That That's right. Uh, the, I could see you in a Lesabre, but um, anyway, um, we um, where were we now? The um, the important role of Chevis Regal. So let's just see. Uh, do we have time to have if each one of us can just uh, brief, not the Psalms we've talked about. Is there? It's just a line from Scripture that is. Is a source of comfort and strength for you when you pray, uh, maybe for your family, something you remember as a child. Anything comes to mind? It is finished. Thank you. Ah. All right. And I'll take from the letters, remain calm that you may pray. Mm. Woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother. The stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. Oh, sure. Well, it's a pity and party. Time for the pity party. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, or the other one I really like from Luke 17. No, you had your chance. No, I, it's my show. Uh, the Luke 17 was, uh, why should we be thanked? We were only doing our job. That is a that's not there. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. The servant who wants to come in. Because probably you expect thank you notes for doing what is part of our vocation. It's a humble no, call to service. No, I've given up waiting for those thank you notes. That's all right. You can. <laughs> he will take <laughs> gift cards. He will take gift cards addressed to St. Peter Parish. In any case, this has been uh, an experimental prayer. show with the bishop and the vicars. Next uh, episode will be vicars, the vicars without the bishop, and they won't have a show because they'll be working <laughs> in their parishes as they should as I shepherd God's people in eastern Washington. And with that, we pray together. Glory be to the Father, and, and to, to the, the Son, and to the, the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, as, as it, it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, and ever shall be, the world without end.